Hello and welcome to the Service Ducks podcast. I am co-host James Downs. And I'm Rush here. And we're here to chat about all things ServiceNow, everyday life as a ServiceNow consultant, new features, implementation successes, and perhaps more entertaining when it doesn't go quite so well. Welcome back to the Service Ducks podcast. Russ, so what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to? I have, um, I'm assuming I can say anything. It doesn't have to be ServiceNow related. No, anything at all. I have been doing, I've been to London. And the hi- <gasps> the highlight of my week is I went into Waterloo Station. And I don't know if you've seen these, but in London, you can now rent um, those scooters, electric scooters. Ooh. So, so, and this is genuinely the highlight of my week. Um, and I love telling my kids when I got home. But come out of Waterloo Station, there's like a, a parking bay and you use an app. Um, I think it was Lime. Um, other scooter providers are available, by the way. But you can um, scan your app, you do your ID, and you get an electric scooter and you can whiz around London. So that's what I did um, this week. Um, highly recommend. Um, the other thing I haven't done this week, but I'm going to do. So tomorrow, tomorrow's Saturday, and I am doing a race. I've got a running race um, coming up. Very nice. What sort of distance? That is a 10k race. Um, I am thoroughly unprepared <laughs> and it's going to be cold, uh, wet and uh, windy. So, um, I'm expecting a good one, but yeah. Yeah. See, that turns off most people, doesn't it? When you talk about running outside, I think anytime I see any bad weather, I'm definitely a, yeah. uh, a fair weather runner myself. Yeah, no, it's more of a mental game. Um, absolutely. But yeah, that, that's the plan uh, for me. So that's something I've done and something I'm going to do. But, um, yeah, what about you? What are you, what have you been up to? This week, a couple of interesting things. So off the back end of last week, we finished off a really cool hackathon. So I led a team Ooh, into saying. Yes. developing a, a solution to fight the uh, transport emissions in Sofia in Bulgaria. So something completely right. different. And, you know, using ServiceNow, we're able to come up with a solution to... Um, uh, come back to people to say, hey, for this particular journey, you're going to use up this particular emissions and the air quality is this. So it was a really good experience. Uh, learned lots along the way. It was the first hackathon I've actually been uh, a member of anyway. So that was pretty interesting. We had our final in uh, on Friday, last Friday. Um, you made the final. We made the final. I'd like to say there was over 100 you know, applicants, but I don't know. There was only 15 teams that made the final. We made the final. Right. Um, but the biggest issue on the final was that everything was being speak, <laughs> speaking in uh, Bulgarian, so obviously we had no idea what was going on. And I don't you, know what the winning entrance was. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> that wasn't part of our solution. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it was interesting. Um, we didn't we didn't make the top three, unfortunately. So there was no prize. But um, either way, the team learned lots of things along the way. Uh, yeah, it's still a good experience, though. Absolutely. And actually, something internal in our organization, we're looking to build up a lot more hackathons to just help the learning process for some of our junior members as ah, well. They're good, good fun. They're good yeah, fun. Yeah, brings people and together. He, here's, here's the key question. Would you recommend it to a friend? Doing a hackathon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think I was asking? It's like that question they used to have about, um, I don't know if you've seen this on LinkedIn, about a browser. 
Um, and, and the question is, would you recommend this web browser to a friend? And someone said, I need you to understand that people don't go around talking about web browsers. No, it's operating systems, wasn't it? Yeah. I won't oper- <laughs> I won't recommend an operating system to a friend. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. It was definitely a fun experience. A good, it's out of the ordinary, you know, it's not a usual sort of like project. So you get all together, you, you know, you plan these things out. And um, if you win, you win. If you don't, then it's just a good learning experience all around. So um, 100%. Yeah, that's um, good. I'm I'm jealous. That beats my scooter story. <laughs> I quite like your scooter story because I've seen those in the, only the likes of you know Tenerife and places like that. We can just scooter down the uh, down the shore, but um, ah, I didn't even see, realize. I that hadn't told you about that either. I saved it for the podcast, didn't I? Surprise me. I like it. Ah, okay. So anyway, it, in a, enough enough waffle. Um, <laughs> people have come here to listen to us talk about ServiceNow stuff. Um, yes. So I suppose we best get on topic. So what are we talking about this time? What are we talking about? This time we're just talking about our journeys. Um, so how we actually made it, how we got to where we are today in the profession that we love. Okay, so our ServiceNow journeys, how we went from start to now. I get you, I get you. Okay, so why don't you kick us off? What, what about you? How did you start? Where are you? And what lessons have you got for people? So my role today is a advisor solution architect. So basically I provide technical design and oversight for our more complex enterprise customers. Um, I work a lot with the pre-sales teams um, on large deals, but essentially assure that our customers get value from the platform is basically my job. Um, but how I got here was basically my, my journey started by working on help desks. Um, all the way in the highlands of Scotland. That's where I grew up. You probably can't tell from my accent whatsoever. Um, but uh, that's where I started. How, and... many, how many service desks were there in the highlands? <laughs> there wasn't many, many IT companies. No, no. So I worked... <laughs> yeah, I think everyone kind of worked for the same company. So <laughs> anyone right, that I went okay. to university with was all, all, all went the same way. <laughs> it was everyone's first job, basically. Um, right, okay. But yeah, no, all of my kind of working habits came from there. So, you know, it was incredibly busy. Um, you had to have a good kind of like, you know, hard working ethos to be able to work there. But um, it gives you all the kind of perspectives and you're working and, you know, resetting passwords for the likes of coal miners and, you know, random people. Like, oh, the everyday everyone people. loves a pa- password reset. Oh, yes. Um, so I worked up from there, basically. I worked from help desk to help desk and um, supported different different people in the NHS as well. But I eventually found my way into ITSM Consulting, doing on-premise installs and um, general, you know, running, running process workshops, uh, okay. gathering requirements. A, na- a natural progression from service desk, do you think? Um, I think so. Why, why didn't you, into sorry. the likes of application support, which was a bit more technical. Okay, because you can either go um, infrastructure or kind of software. Well, you're on the service desk and nine yes. times, not nine times out of ten, but you've got those two avenues really, haven't you? Um, others yeah, are you can go into, <laughs> of course, yes, yeah. you can go more technical and go into more like desktop side support or mm-hmm. um, networks and that sort of thing. I wasn't particularly interested in that very much. Um, it wasn't actually where the money was for me at the time either. So learning about this kind of avenue of consultancy and I liked working with people as well, yeah. um, customers. So, you know, working in that kind of consulting environment where you're there face to face and get to experience things with the customers um, and you get to have that sense of where they've found your time valuable, yeah, um, yeah. which which makes you feel good, obviously. 
Um, so yeah, so this is where my consulting experience started from into ITSM and where I eventually moved across to Fruition Partners in uh, 2015. Obviously. Was it Fruition Partners though? Yes. <laughs> that, it was, that is a it was quiz literally, question. yeah. What was it called before Fruition Partners? What was it called? Mm. Drop a comment in the comments below. If there are comments below, if not, then send an email in. <laughs> but it was literally right after the takeover. <laughs> ah, okay, so, um, okay. Yeah. Um, I think I was very one of the first people to join Fruition Partners as Fruition Partners <laughs> in okay. the UK. Um, but yes, I'm, I worked my way up from there, and, basically. And that's where... Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I keep interrupting. I need to let you talk, don't I? <laughs> um, but that's where I first met you, wasn't it? In the Fruition Partners? It, it was, was indeed. Yeah, you were, you were a customer. And I had turned up at site to meet you to it implement was. your, your <gasps> you discovery. Did discovery. You did do discovery. More on that in another podcast. I, I, I feel that coming. How did James and Russ meet? Oh, yes. Oh, story. right. <laughs> anyway, yes, um, Dublin was actually the first release I worked on, which seems yep. like an absolute age ago. You know, you look at it back now and you're like, oh my God, is that really what it looked like? Um, but I joined with, you know, no scripting skills at all. Um, I came to Fruition Partners as a process consultant with just, mm-hmm. you know, ITSM core process skills to be able to run workshops. I didn't know ServiceNow. I, didn't, I wasn't an admin. Um, so I just came to it just as to be able to, you know, get requirements and learn on the job, essentially. So, so as a junior consultant. So I just want to just want to pick on that there, and it might be interesting for the people listening here, is, is yep. you come from a service desk background and you've gone for an interview at fruition and, and you come in from a process point of view, um, specifically around service now. How did that interview play out? How did that conversation go? You know, so com- I'm, I'm guessing it was yeah. a lot different than, than, than happens now, right? Yeah, very much so. It was very much the questions were were centered around ITIL. Everything was around ITIL. Everything was mm-hmm. around ITIL, um, you know, implementations and things like that. That's what 90% of our work was back then. So mm-hmm. the question was more around, you know, oh, what would you advise if, a, you know, an incident was escalating and things like that. It was very much around best practice around ITIL v3. Um, and I, of course, can answer those questions straight off the bat. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't ServiceNow specific, so I couldn't say this is how you would do it in ServiceNow. Yeah, I'd yeah. say this is best practice. And that was exactly what they were looking for at that t- particular point of time. They wanted people to be the experts of this is what the process is. So you adapt to the process rather than, um, you know, anything that is not best practice. Absolutely. I think I think nowadays there's an element of ServiceNow questioning, isn't there, in the... In the um in the interviewing technique when it comes to process consultants or bpcs yeah absolutely um, yeah yeah so essentially i worked more up from being a process consultant up to moving across to the technical teams um once i found out i was a little bit technical and had that bit of a background i could just you know hone in on those skills and as you said before where we met you're doing item so i was pigeonholed into doing <laughs> item discovery implementations That's such a funny term pigeonholed Pigeon. <laughs> we should say that pigeonholed. Can you just put that in my pigeonhole, please? Don't say that out loud. <laughs> I'm glad I've got this. Uh, uh, if anyone knows, <laughs> if, if anyone knows where that comes from, and of course, um, yes, email we in. need the origins. <laughs> we need the answer. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, that's fine. Yeah, no, I've obviously worked my way up from there. So just through pure grit, determination, and going back to what I said right at the beginning about having that hardworking background. 
and being able to work with customers and get good feedback from customers that's how i've been able to propel myself up into the um obviously the higher roles doing senior technical consultant and then eventually architect okay so if um and that that's a hopefully a, um and it, well, it is to me an interesting journey you've been on there. And there's, there's some key learnings, I think, to, to take away from anyone that's yeah. listening. I'm going to put you on the spot. Three things, right? What three learnings? If the people listening to this and say, right, okay, this is James's journey. How do I replicate that? Or what did he learn? Or what mistakes did he make along the way that he would go back and change? So what three things, if I ask you, um, what's... What's your advice as a veteran in the service now space for me? You're allowed three things. So the three things I would suggest is obviously knowing which role that you're applying for, because at that time I was applying for a process consultant. So the fact was at that point is I knew what I was getting in for. So my my prep for the likes of the um, the interview was purely around knowing best practice around ITIL. Okay. Um. Nowadays, like you've mentioned before, it's completely different. It's not just IT anymore. It's it's grown a lot further beyond that. You have to know the best practice around HR and, okay. you know, ITOM. And so that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is um, it's all about personality and you and how you come across to the likes of customers and Me? how you communicate. Yes, you specifically. <laughs> Me? Uh, <laughs> How Russ comes across to people <laughs> is yeah. how you should talk, what you should talk yeah. about in interviews. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit no, that bit out. Communica- communication is obviously extremely important. And for you to be able to sit in front of customers and have difficult conversations is important. Um, so, you know, purely just working on those communication skills um, is going to be essential for any service now role, I believe. That's interesting. Soft skills. Okay. And your third and final bit of advice slash uh, imparting of knowledge Uh, and this is where i went wrong right so i should have absolutely have done more prep in terms of understanding both fruition partners the business as well as service now so i did not do anywhere near enough preparation about just understanding them as businesses where they are today where they're going to understanding the tool sets there is more than enough capabilities at the moment for you to kind of spin up your own personal development instance to have a play and to understand it and there's enough you know now learning documentation out there that you can build these skills up before you actually go for an interview i didn't do that i went wrong (laughs) that's interesting that tells a story i think because that that is is essentially what we're saying is when you did land the gig there were times when you were put on the spot and perhaps weren't necessarily 100% prepared, maybe? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was chucked yeah, straight yeah. on we've an admin course because I knew nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've, we've all been there. I think I remember one of my first um, uh, my first consultancy um, projects, I was asked to do uh, resource management. Um, I'd never done resource management before in yeah. my life, and it was my second day in the job. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I managed to get through it and the customer was happy. Um, yeah, but, um, the, yeah. The, the fact that ServiceNow is so vast right now, there's no way possible you could know absolutely everything. Yeah. And, you know, you could land any particular gig um, and you have to have that kind of mentality of being able to prep for these projects uh, that are coming up. So that's okay. a skill in itself. Yeah, that's some good so, Yeah, that's me. 
<laughs> I guess we should turn the tides here and just look at um, look at your journey. Are you able well, to you give some sort of summary? Yes, please. So where am I now? So I am currently uh, an independent uh, contractor. Um, that means I work for myself. <laughs> it's nice. Um, but I work on behalf of um, different partners um, and for different customers, right? So I'm a, I'm a technical consultant, I should say. So uh, technical architect, lead, um, more of a, a technical capacity, I'd say. So that's where I'm at right now. So I, I cover multiple roles there. Yeah. Where did I start? So I start like you. Um, this is interesting, actually. So like you, I start from a service test background. And you're going to have to keep me on track here and keep me to time because I'm going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> uh, so I'm relying on you. But I started off on the service desk and I, I remember that actually. I begged and pleaded the recruitment agent. I was doing sales jobs up until then. And I was kind of in a rut. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, this is my 20s. A bit bored. A bit miserable. Um, still am, arguably. But I begged and pleaded. I wanted to go into the IT um, industry. So I begged and pleaded this um, recruitment agent's who got me a job as a service desk agent. Um, so I joined um, CityLink, who are no longer here anymore, but I, um, I, I joined as a service desk agent and I just worked really hard, you know. I didn't yeah. have any, I didn't have an IT background. In the interview, I didn't, I always, well, I didn't know what I was saying, but I certainly didn't have a, a degree, absolutely no degree in computing, just what I'd learned on a kind of a hobby level. Um, and I just worked really hard. Um, and the team I worked with, if any of them are listening to, were absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I mean, I don't mean technically phenomenal. I just mean as a unit, we worked really well together. We all got on. We uh, met up after work. It was just a good team. Um, and they really, really helped me to learn um, IT um, and what that means in, in terms of, you know, communication skills. Um and something you said as well in terms of how to communicate, I was quite good at that point in, in communicating with customers. So on the service desk, I worked up pretty fast to being a team leader. Um, and then I went to um, to be a service desk manager and a global service desk manager. So I worked my way up um, relatively quickly. Um, but it was just yeah. from working hard, um, dedication, no family and kids at that time. So you, <laughs> you can do that. Um, and then... I took on a global service desk manager role and the first conversation I had with the director was, can I implement service now globally? So that was, um, I think we should do a podcast on this maybe because I've got some interesting learnings, but um, mm. implement service now globally. That was my first touch point. I think that was E, Eureka, was it Eureka? Okay, yeah, just been going to Eureka. On. Yep. Um, it might have been the one before. It might have just been upgrading, I forget. But yeah, that was Eureka, and um, I kind of just fell in love with the platform. This sounds really sad, doesn't it? I, I've, <laughs> I, I, because I started off technical, begged and pleaded to go into a technical role, and then started doing more people management. When ServiceNow came along, it allowed me to fall back into a bit more technical um, and more consultancy. So I was talking to the business about their requirements and, and also doing some of the technical delivery, and I absolutely loved it. Shortly after, I mean, we had one of our partners um, at the time was Fruition Partners, which is coincidentally how I met you. So you came in as a partner and helped us do some discovery stuff. Yeah. Um, then I joined, like you, I joined Fruition Partners. Um, the interview there um, was interesting. I went for a, not, not like you, I went for a technical role through and through. 
um, and the interview was more, um, it was more of a, a gauge of my personality, and, and God knows how, but I made it through <laughs> based on my personality, and, and previously I'd worked with the likes of you uh, yourself. Do you tend to find, because of these kind of like small circles around service now, that it tends to be people, the people that get hired at partners are people that you already know? Is yes. it like, you know, you know, it's, it's a fairly small circle. Oh, I, that is a good question, right? And I was only talking to someone about this the other day, that a few years back, it was very much like that. And, you know, like yourself, there's, there's lots of partners about, but you kind of know people at each partner, right? But anyone that's kind of new into the industry in the last few years, that won't be the case, I don't think, because it's not as small community as it once was. I think there's still an element of that, but it's not certainly not as as abundant as it was before, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the interview I, I actually had, uh, I remember um, Paul Cash, it was at the time, asked me, um, what, could, what could you offer the company? And I said, well, I can tell you a hundred ways how to get it wrong. <laughs> and it was kind of, well... That's part of consultancy, right? Um, so, yeah, so so I did Fruition Partners. I started off as a technical consultant there. I worked my way up to um, team leader there. Um, that became DXC, as you know. Um, and then I, I went over to um, another partner where um, was more kind of bespoke um, application development. So I did that. And then I decided, and, and do you know what? And, and this was, so I was kind of in a, um, a technical, lead technical architect capacity then mm. and covid hit and it kind of hit hard it, you know like for most people but you know you're at home for what felt like two years i know it wasn't but it felt like two years right and i'd always had this kind of itch i needed to scratch to go and do my own thing to go and um, do contracting and that had been going on for years even before service now times and i just decided look covid's hit um it kind of told me that you've got to kind of seize the moment and, and make some, I guess, make some movements for yourself and put some dedication to more hard work in. Um, so that's what I did. Um, and I've been doing that for ooh, uh, just over a year now. Um, absolutely loving it. Um, and, and, you know, multiple di- different projects I've been working on. Um, all interesting. Yeah, all varied. Um, yep. All varied, yeah. And, and I'm currently um, in a kind of, a, a again, a lead capacity slash architect capacity um at a um a particular partner right now and that brings us to to where we are that's my yeah. journey so i do have a, yeah it was actually yes <laughs> i do have a question for you so do you feel that you're happier being pigeonholed <laughs> into doing <laughs> <laughs> no te- i don't feel te- happy being pigeonholed <laughs> doing technical consultancy doing the actual work and implementation itself rather than design and architecture would you rather that work doing design handing it over to right you know tcs to do the work or are you rather you know get your fingers dirty sort of thing no right this is this is the reason why we do a podcast together right because if it was just me talking i wouldn't think about things like that um so i'm glad you asked that question and that's one thing i want to make very very clear so I come from, like I said, I come from kind of um, a service desk, service desk manager background where I had to, like you, I learned ITIL and I did many of the foundation, um, sorry, the intermediate courses of ITIL. So my background, like yourself, is process. So I find I can flick between process and technical quite naturally. Yeah. Um, and in fact, if you if you were to give me a set of requirements, say, just go and do them. I couldn't do it without challenging, right? Um, 
not so I'm going to sit there and challenge you. If it's a perfectly good story and reasonable, you're not going to say anything, are you? But um, I absolutely love getting involved in the process side, um, understanding what people are trying to achieve, why they're trying to achieve it, um, not just doing the technical side. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, I love getting my head in some code. That sounds a bit weird, but I do love that. But no, I, I do like the process side and I like the design side. I think every project that we embark on, um, there should be an element of the design. Again, another podcast I'm fearing may make a note of that. Um, but there should be an element of design, and I love doing that as well. So um, to answer your question in a really waffly way is <laughs> I enjoy it all, and I'm quite lucky I can kind of turn my hand to it all, if that makes sense. Yes, and that's obviously benefit of being a contractor as well, I guess, isn't it? You, yeah. you, can, you can do that all-rounder sort of a role rather than something very specific. Yeah, that's it. So, Russ, from what we've learned then, what are your three key learnings about your professional journey? This is an interesting one. So what do I want, to anyone that's listening to to this, what do I want them to know or understand? I want them to know. I would tell anyone that's that's thinking about going to the, um, the land of service now or on their journey already, I would say to absolutely think about soft skills it's not all about um technical ability um you know now learning is fantastic uh, don't get me wrong there's a lot of stuff out there there's some good youtube um, videos uh, to watch plug there um <laughs> but i would Seems. also say <laughs> i would also say um it's about soft skills as well and i think it's something you mentioned is yeah um learn how to be comfortable in what you're what you're talking about technically but also learn how to listen to the customers. Um, quite often I've, I've sat there and people will just impart knowledge or say, this is the way it is. It's great. This is the way the out of the box is. That's fantastic. That's what we're there for. But we're also there for to, to understand what the customer wants and apply that to service now. And that means we've got to listen and we've we've got to be, um, we've got to have those soft skills as well. So that's number one. Yeah, very key. Yeah. Um, number two, I would say dedication and hard work. Um, yeah. Things... Uh, and I have to tell my kids this as well, actually. Things don't just fall on your lap. Um, I think if, you know, if, if, and I can equate, I can put this um, uh, in context for, for coding. So, for example, if you've got a particular um, bit of code that you're working on, business rule or, I don't know, script include or widget or something, and it's just not working, is it that tenacity to keep going until you either work it out or you're able to to find other avenues to work it out you know stack overflow community um again youtube plug um but <laughs> but that tenacity to keep um going um and uh, and kind of not give up so I, I would say that i mean we've all been there i hope we've all been there anyway until um you know i i've been there at 11 o'clock at night or one o'clock in the morning and can't sleep because i'm thinking that one line of code is doing my head in why will it not work um, yes, but, and I've been but then in the, in the same breath, off. it's about knowing when you stop. <laughs> it's almost just as, as important to know when to ask for help. Yeah, yeah. there's that balance. Yeah, You can't, can't keep going and then kind of get lost in the ether, but you do need to have a certain level of tenacity to, to try and work it out. Okay, so that's my number two. Okay, yeah. That's my number two. My number three was, <laughs> was actually going to be, well, it will be, is to enjoy it um is to enjoy doing what you're doing 
uh, I'm not sure how you deliberately do that, but you can you can put um, there's ways and means that you can make things fun. But I genuinely enjoy doing what I'm doing. And if I didn't, it'd be quite a painful experience. But yeah, I, I would it's just a really say good point actually, it. because a lot of the time in IT, especially IT jobs, people do it because they know they're good at it because it's yep. comfortable, not because they enjoy it. I think that's a fantastic reason for anybody out there who is looking to apply for any service now position. If you genuinely yeah. have an interest and you know find it uh, enjoyable to work with, then it's going to make life a lot easier. Yeah, and it, and it kind of works with something that you said right right towards the start of your um your journey is the money was good, right? And mm. and I think if there's anyone out there that goes to interviews um for ServiceNow or any other roles and they're not thinking about how much is this paying? Uh, you know what I mean? Come on. You don't go to yeah. an interview without knowing how much he's going to pay you. Or at least yeah. if you do, you go there slightly annoyed that you can't ask that question. Inside the yeah. Oh, yeah. You absolutely want to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I From your point earlier, yeah, of course, the money needs to be good. But you, I would say it needs to be more enjoyable is more important. It's definitely more important to me anyway. So enjoy 100%. it. That's my third one. Yeah. So we got, just to summarize, we've got the core skills. We have the hard work and dedication. Dedication. And we've also got the enjoyment. Enjoy your job. Yes. That's my three. Fantastic. Well, it's great to learn about your your journey and what you feel is important for those who are looking to get into the same the same line of business that we are. So if um I guess if anyone's got any questions about journeys or on a similar journeys or you know, perhaps just wants to share their journey with us. Maybe we could read them out next time. Um, yeah, we could do a section, couldn't we, next time? We'll read out people's emails, perhaps. Absolutely, um, yeah. Dispel the myths. <laughs> if you've got any questions or insights um, or any topics you want us to cover, just, you know, give us a shout. Um, and um, I guess we'll wrap it up here and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Yep, just watch out for those pigeonholes. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you want to get your question answered by the Service Ducks, get in touch through Talk to the Duck at service-ducks.com or just use one of the links below.